The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. turn the show off yet here's brandon all right it's time to close the week with a song helping me to set off the pyrotechnics and get to the tour bus and joining me again from the saturday evening post it's troy brownfield thank you all right today's video is holy diver the lead single from the 1983 debut album of the same name from dio That album also had the anthemic Rainbow in the Dark as its other single. And by the end of the decade, the album earned platinum status. It only reached number 40 on the mainstream rock charts, but its lore grew over time. It is one of Dio's signature tunes. The album was rated number 8 on IGN's Top 25 Metal Albums list and number 43 on VH1's Top 100 Rock Songs. I say this is an appropriate one to go with Hawk of the Slayer, Troy. That's right. There is a grand tradition of fantasy themes and metal, and there's no greater purveyor of such than Ronnie James Dio. Did Dio Dio bring that to the table? Was he the one that the biggest purveyor of it? Yeah, Dio. Here, I'll I'll get super nerdy. (laughs) Sam, go Sam Dunn. Sam Dunn is the filmmaker and documentarian that did Metal: A Headbanger's Journey uh, documentary and the subsequent Metal Evolution series that ran on VH1. And what Dunn really did, he's a you know he's Canadian filmmaker and super fan. And he got a lot of guys to talk for his documentaries, including Dio prior to his death. And um, but he broke the family tree of metal down into 26 subgenres and really looks at the different pieces of what makes what tick. And power metal, Dio is listed as kind of the purveyor of power metal, which has a lot of these fantasy themes and a lot of the bands associated with their like Dragon Force, Hammerfall. They have these virtuoso guitar pyrotechnics, but a lot of the themes are fantasy themes you know people would joke about you know oh dio's writing songs about dragons but you know there, there was an element of that in zeppelin that you know they're writing songs about the lord of the rings and vikings as jack black said they wrote songs about making love and vikings and vikings making love that kind of filters down in dio's brought a lot of the uh grandiosity to it especially with his his voice mm-hmm. and you know dio did pioneer the horns you know he talked about his uh Italian grandmother would do the the sign to protect you from evil, and he adapted that to the uh, <laughs> he'd do it to the audience. He's like, right. got a microphone in this hand. What do I do with the other hand? <laughs> and but you know he has that whole mythology infused. Thing. It was in the band Rainbow that he was mm-hmm. in, and you know, then he went. You know, he did Black Sabbath. He did the Heaven and Hell album, and. Yeah. Everything. So this is subsequent to his tour of duty with Black Sabbath that the Dio album happens. And so it's full on this fantasy power metal conglomeration. Yeah, it's a liftoff point. Yeah, because like you can, I try to tell, like I had friends when I lived in Los Angeles, like I'd, they would get opportunity, like I had a friend, 
he was given an opportunity to replace Brett Scallions in fuel. Oh. And he he was not excited about it. He was like, oh, I don't even like. Granted, it didn't fit with his kind of music he made and stuff. But I'm like, dude, it's a jumping off point. Like you do, and then this like Dio go Black Sabbath and becomes then Dio after. Like you never know what group you could form afterwards. Who you're gonna meet while you're doing it. What if you you can spin the guys to go to your music and you change the band. Like it's a it's a it's jumping into instant success and then what can you take from it you know like it's an established fan base it's an established yeah popular genre like like it's not a bad thing like sure you didn't your story isn't like we were in this bar and they picked us up we we're the same band no you had to jump on this and become this but like look at dio boom yeah you know if we're talking specifically about the video i mean it is, it is just a full-on lean into sword and sorcery stuff yeah he's yeah. got the big furry cloak and the sword and he's oh yeah going into a castle and he's fighting guys <laughs> and then you know it, it takes like it, it, they don't cut through like a performance bit until like two and a half minutes in and no yeah so one of the choruses he's got the fire behind him and you know it's just it reminds me in a way of you know phil collins don't lose my number where they go through all the different pitches and it's mm-hmm. like okay ronnie you're in a castle <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just happily yeah. fighting guys with the sword and stuff. Well, and it's, it's what's kind of cool about it is it's got a real like BBC ITV look, like <laughs> like shot on film and then converted to like PAL video and like a little like and it because it also has that quality of like eighty satanic panic, like these are devil movies things that they like show clip type like using it for real scares. Oh. It would for as cheap as it is, what they do ain't bad. I mean, they yeah. got good location, they got good costumes, makeup. Yeah, and it it really is a big step above Rainbow in the Dark, which is mostly Ronnie on a roof, right? Singing, <laughs> which you know, for for an awesome song to be underserved with a video that that mm-hmm. is Rainbow in the Dark. But this this is fun in right the right way. Well, and it, because Dio is like chewing it up loving this and then it, i appreciate all the theatrics and like just fucking going for it with whatever you can do to pull this off like i think the probably the most expensive thing on here was the sword like <laughs> like we we gotta get like you know he's like we just gotta get the sword right and it's all gonna work that's right uh, yeah just as long as we have a cool sword and i don't think like people really appreciate it. he really did kind of just dress like that on stage yeah sometimes you know sometimes he had these like shiny shirts that were kind of cut way down like the big flowy sleeves mm-hmm. of the leather i mean that does not look dissimilar to an outfit he might have worn on stage <laughs> yeah and this makes use of limited sets location costume it feels like a journey that's just taken off but with just this f- almost five minute video like i want to see where this adventure goes but we we don't yeah like, i've always felt that the uh, uh wonder boy video by tenacious d was informed by this and Jack Black is a fan. I think that it's probably not a mistake that there's. Oh no, not yeah. You know, an, an element of this, but but Dio in, in interviews always came off as really interesting because they seemed like just a really nice guy, and he had a great reputation among metal of like everybody really spoke highly of him, and that he was like a really good team player and supportive of of the field. 
Which is like an yeah. Alice Cooper, where it's like, oh, this devil is like, no, he like teaches Sunday school on the weekends. Like, yeah. That type of I, guy. I saw a picture the other day of Alice Cooper with Elton John and Bertie Toppin from 1971, and then a picture of them today where oh, they gosh. set up and like kind of the same. I'm like, yeah, that's amazing. You know, these guys. And, and, and you know, unfortunately, you know, he died of cancer. It's mm-hmm. terrible, but my God, what an influence. His, his vocal styling is incredible and i think like such an influence that's still underappreciated like yeah like you like you should say his name before hetfield even almost like it's so big but yeah it's it's crazy his register is unreal and to the point when the analogy is when you use an adjective like lynchian Mm -hmm. people who haven't seen David Lynch movies still get what you mean by Lynchian. They get the idea. They know that there's a thing of like, oh, this is surrealism or this is going to be dark and quirky at the same time. If, if you say Dio, I think that people get <laughs> that there's a particular sound associated with the right. the Dio thing. That I it, mean, it, he it helped keep like, Black Sabbath successful with no Ozzy. So, yeah. Well, in, in the, the uh, personnel on this album and song, you know, guitars are Vivian Campbell, which, you know, if you know Vivian Campbell, still playing. I mean, some of these dudes have, like, Vivian Campbell, uh, you know, a variety of bands, Def Leppard, et cetera. You know, these these guys are stalwarts of, of metal. And he worked with a lot of people that were influential players and you know Vinny Apice, you know, he would play drum for him would play on his album and then like a number of albums and got also in the Sabbath lineup when Bill Ward wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was th- these these strong carryovers of talent that would be drivers in other ways, you know. Dio was never like you said, this this was not a super high charting album. Mm-hmm. And he was never super high charity. I remember like sometimes he had albums that would have big marketing pushes from them. Like uh, when he did outcome the wolves, like late eighties, early nineties had a big kind of push, but it, you know, people were interested in, I don't know if, if metal had become, you were either super hard or super pretty to look at <laughs> right? at a certain point in the eighties. And, and, and he was necessarily neither. I mean, the song rocks, you know, it's got, but it, he wasn't, like what, say, you know, you mentioned Metallica, like when Metallica would, the, the same year as uh, Ride the Lightning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's two different <laughs> yeah. aspects. And then you very shortly are into the, the other members of the big floor, you know, Anthrax, Slayer, Megadeth. You have a very heavy, you know, and then into Pantera, a very heavy subsection. You had like the, the hair subsection those were the two things that were popular through the decade and dio was kind of like right in this middle <laughs> influencing both but not right it, it i think that it the one time i remember seeing him in the context with everybody else is in the uh, we're stars charity single mm-hmm. like the we are the world that metal yes. guys did like dio's on that and I, I if i'm not mistaken he had a lot to do with it happening <laughs> but, but he was he was kind of an outlier while being an influence at the same time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And a video, this one directed by Arthur Ellis, but I couldn't find much in this guy to, or to find that if it was the same Arthur Ellis. 
Congrats yeah. on this being your video, Arthur Ellis. I, I, <laughs> Who knows? Not sure what it's, else you did. It, it's not like uh, Duran Duran, you know, who I recently did a post article on where their directors are Russell McCahey, who did The Highlander or Julian Temple or, right. <laughs> you know, guys who made videos and then went on to like sterling film careers. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, cover art for this album, because I can't go without mentioning the cover art, is by Randy Bure, which <laughs> created featured the mascot Murray for Dio that appear on a bunch of his art and covers, but that's a, yeah, right there. That that's a great metal note. How many metal bands had recurring characters like Mm -hmm. Iron Maiden had Eddie, right? Or you had a recurring image or font that you were created. Like the, you know, if you say Aussie font, people know what you mean. (laughs) They've seen that. Yeah. Oh yeah. On albums for forever, or you know the the Guns N' Roses, the original cross that had the skulls of the members of the band on it. You know those were legit symbols that every band had a symbology that they tried to. I think that goes back to Zeppelin with the Zoso thing. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of metal and hard rock bands emulated that the iconography of. True. We need something that represents the band or the individual members. Or... We, have a, we have a symbol, a mascot, a font. <laughs> yeah. Something. Well, when you say Zeppelin, everybody it's like, what's Zeppelin font look like? I dare you not to think of that poster with the hermit. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> or, the, or the swan song Gosh, t-shirt. That's true. This song was, we were talking about 9-11 on the last episode, but it was uh, put on an inappropriate titles list following September 11th by Clear Channel. Why was that? That holy shit! Because <laughs> well, of Holy Diver, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. So that that Clear Channel list is super weird because it has Give Peace a Chance on it too, <laughs> and oh, yeah, my. it's there. There's I remember that there's a, a Jumper by Third Eye Blind. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Like any anything that insinuated somebody was going to jump off a building was on that. I uh, get yeah. List. D- dive yeah. in a holy style, yeah. Maybe that's it. But you know, it's clearly uh, they, they've always looked for reasons to go after metal. <laughs> oh, always, always. But they were right about Marilyn Manson. I guess he is a bad person. Yeah, way you to got go, one. Marilyn. You got one. Yeah, you got one. Congrats. But they didn't even they didn't even do that the right way. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah wasn't it, was, it was literally who he was not <laughs> the art he was making <laughs> right exactly exactly yeah oh that's too funny but yeah no dio dio's a interesting cat and his wife kept his uh charitable works and so forth going after his death which you gotta admire and there's a, a dio festival still mm. being done like in, in his name and talking about there, there's like Dio panels and stuff. And the bands do it. There's a virtual Dio panel coming. I think it's in July, oh. like panel and show where there's uh, bands doing tribute performances and stuff. You'd be able to watch oh, it online. I know there was a the popular cover by kill switch engine of this song. That's been, uh, was they put on an album and put on a tribute album for him as well. So I haven't heard that one, but no what, Bad what if podcast my... research. I didn't listen to it. Whoops. Here, here, here's here's a deep cut. One of my favorite 
weird Dio tributes is actually in the Duran Duran tribute album. The band Goldfinger does a cover of Rio. And part of it is played pretty straight, but their choruses have a little bit of that ska swing to them the way that Goldfinger does. But they get to this bridge at one point where instead of playing the bridge from Rio, they go into a, a metal kind of bridge and instead of singing her name is Rio they're like his name is Dio oh it's like they do this whole like little Dio tribute in the middle of it which is the weirdest oh, awesome. goddamn thing but it's it's so weirdly specific it's the Duran Duran tribute album that looks like a uh, birthday cake on the cover but okay. it's got a lot of great versions of songs with that that Rio with the Dio tribute in the middle has always killed me I'm like I don't know why the hell they did that <laughs> it's just what a great random reference to work in and, yeah, definitely. Like obviously, like I said, Tenacious D has had Dio involved in stuff before. Oh yeah, yeah. It's clearly yeah. an idol of Jack Black. It had a, you know, my uh, here I'll throw this out. My Blood Queen comic. You know, at one point it was intended to go longer, long story, but I I had like all these other kingdoms that I mentioned as I was going into a broader story, mm-hmm. and I did have another kingdom that was. Uh, Paravona and everybody in the royal family was named after uh, Dio and all his family and band members. Oh, that's so great! Like King Ronald and stuff. It was gonna, so it was gonna be at a certain point, like you would meet <laughs> the guy and he would look like Dio. But uh, we never, we were never able to do that. But like, I totally like had the whole. If if you looked at that series, it's very very metal. The story arcs are named after Slayer songs and everything. Yeah, so it was. It was planned in a particular way with that, like a very front in mind. But yeah, I, I just picked this video because with the sword and sorcery thing this week, it just seemed really appropriate. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. And uh, Taika Waititi has promised that Rainbow in the Dark will figure prominently in Thor Love and Thunder. So we've got that to look forward to. Very so. <laughs> well. Awesome. Well, that'll do it for this week. So Troy, thank you for returning again, as always. It's, Fun as hell to ah. have you in these discussions. Let people once again uh, know where they can look you up over the weekend. The Twitter and Instagram at Troy Brownfield. Oh, is the Saturday evening post.com. And like I said before, you can poke around Facebook and find out about uh, Shotgun Reviews and Caesar of Troy, which is where my new blog and writing hub is. So there you go. All right. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KHD. My written work at YSOBlue.com. United States listeners, uh, enjoy your holiday, and hopefully your neighbors aren't the ones who light fireworks off all damn night and for the next three weeks. <laughs> Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetersshow.com. show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>